golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We fall to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. I turn on the lights. I love it late. Because I love it. We love it. Good evening, Orlando. Welcome to the Golf Insiders. I am Jeff Shane. Holly G is uh, in the process of joining us from uh, Long Island. And Beth Page Black, she is at the PGA Championship this week. Uh, Good for her and uh, spending a lot of time talking to uh, some really great guests uh, that we will have for you as the the show goes on. Uh, Do we have Holly yet? Hey, Jeff. Hey, Holly. Sorry I had to take the open for you, but uh, glad you're with us. Well, you know, that's that's live radio for you. <laughs> and uh, we are live indeed at the 101st PGA Championship. Beth Page Black. Beautiful Farmingdale, New York on Long Island, my friend, where we've just had uh, two pretty... Uh, Raw and cold days, but today, perfect blue skies, sunshine. It was quintessential, and it's going to be a beautiful next four days here at Beth Page Black. Well, that was going to be the first uh, question is uh, the the big talk about the PGA Championship moving to May is how are those northeastern sites going to be? And Beth Page was the first one out out of the box I know talking Monday and Tuesday, it was pretty darn cold, but we're going to be good as we actually get into the competition days? Well, we're still working on that on that connection. So uh, uh, my understanding is is that uh, we are through the worst, but it, was, it wasn't even 50 degrees on Monday. So, uh, uh, Holly, you can confirm that now that you're back with us, right? It was it was brutally cold Monday, Tuesday. I will tell you the golf shoes um, that were the best out on the course were good old L.L. Bean duck shoes, Jeff. <laughs> That's what you needed on Monday and Tuesday and about five layers for this girl from Florida. Uh, I've, that definitely the, the blood has gone thin, but... Um, you know, what's, what's truly amazing here is how they've been able to, in three and a half weeks of growing season, get this course into uh, the pristine condition that it is. Many, many up here know how much rain has fallen in the Northeast, and um, it truly is is remarkable what, uh, what they've been able to do. I don't know if this, this crew, superintendent's crew, are pulling all-nighters and uh, you know, drinking lots of Kahlua and coffee to get this job done. But uh, the c- golf course is absolutely spectacular. Justin Rose says it's in the best condition he's ever seen it. And you simply just don't mow the rough. If growing season's only three weeks, you just let it grow, right? Yeah, it's um, it's it's a pretty good test. Uh, 
there were a couple questions to Kerry Haig in the press conference yesterday if they might bring it down just a half an inch or so. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's considered one of the best in the business at setting up championship courses. And uh, he, you know, he, he does it right so that, uh, you know, the, the players get the true test and that the golf course gets out of the way. And uh, we, we have plenty to talk about with the PGA Championship this week. Uh, real, real quickly, let's recap what happened in uh, the world of golf here in this past week. And uh, last week, the, uh, the PGA Tour was in Dallas, and that was a cold AT&T Byron Nelson as well. But Sung Kang uh, becoming, I, I think it was the third out of the last four uh, champions of the uh, of the AT and T or AT and T Byron Nelson. I got to get my AT and T straight uh, to win uh, at at Trinity Forest and uh, uh, kind of a different situation because uh, now it's a lead into the PGA. But there weren't that many players that uh, actually took advantage of tuning up for the PGA at, at Trinity Forest. Well, Sung Kang certainly punched his uh, his ticket to. Beth Page, but somebody that I think is very happy where he finished and where his game is right now, Brooks Kepka yes. tied for fourth after 65, 66, 68, and 65 on Sunday. And um, as we know, there's been a lot of talk about Brooks and whether he's, you know, getting the credit uh, due given, you know, how he has played and racking up three majors, including two last year. And, um, you know, he's he's certainly one I'm betting on for this championship. Yeah, absolutely. And you can make the argument that if not for an ill-timed gust of wind and, and maybe a, a poor decision on Brooks's part, uh, but putting that ball in the water at 12 at the Masters, if that ball lands on dry land and Brooks comes away with a par... Does he hold off Tiger, or do they go to a playoff, or what happens? But uh, we could have been talking about Brooks Kepka going into this with four major titles and possibly going for a career grand slam at the end of the summer at the at the Open Championship. He has really played well. He has, and um, I had an exclusive opportunity to have uh, a chat with Jim Nance of CBS Sports earlier this morning, and I asked him that question about Brooks when uh, he thinks he'll get the credits due. Jim was quite vocal uh, earlier in the week about, you know, the media, including uh, himself, uh, really not, you know, covering Brooks the way we should be. And uh, also got to ask him a question about you know, Tiger's big win at the Masters. Yeah, let's go, to, let's go to your conversation with Jim Nance from earlier today out of Bethpage. So, Jim, um, you very respectfully called a bunch of uh, us media out on... And myself. ...on our um, not giving Brooks Kepka his due. And um, I have to say, after listening to Brooks last year at Shinnecock, for me, I realized he was the real deal yep. and have talked about it on my radio show. Um, I'm curious what you think it's going to take for him to get the credit that he's due. I mean, three majors. You would have thought one might do it, but then when he went and won a second one, you would have thought, okay, now we see, see this guy is a legitimate talent. But then when he won a third, 
and the story was more about Tiger finishing second than Brooks finishing first, I thought, this just isn't right. And I got asked a question about, did I, why did I believe there wasn't enough hype around Brooks? I said, no, hype's not the right word. Hype is when you take something and make it more than what it is. I'm talking credit, not hype. I just wanted to get his credit. Just look at the record, look at the facts. I don't care how he interacts with me, you, or anybody else. You know, long ago, long before we carried the recovered golf, there's a guy named Ben Hogan. I'm not comparing the talent level here, but Ben Hogan didn't talk to anyone. Can you imagine Ben Hogan, you inserted him in today's world of social media? He wouldn't trust anyone. We wouldn't even know if he even had a voice. But when he played, he got his credit. He wasn't hyped. He got his credit for being one of the greatest players of all time. So now, Kepka, though, we attach some different set of, of, of parameters of what we expect him to do, and then we're going to give him his due. I don't get it. If he wins here, I do think that there have been enough stories written, some of it has spoken out, and I think people have kind of jumped on this bandwagon and maybe opened some eyes and, you know, led by a lot of us, hopefully those of us on the broadcast, if he plays well, can tell the proper story. And I think if he came out of this event with a win, I think it would be a whole new ball game for the first time. I really do. Or, or next month at, at Pebble. If he wins a major this year, I think, I think there's a... I think there's a I think there's a new level of appreciation waiting for him. I think he needs that one more. He has said several times that he thinks the majors are easier to win. Seems to have a counterintuitive approach. You would think there would be more pressure. He talks about just, you know, focusing, hitting the ball, and that he also his his off course routine is more relaxed. It just seems too simple for complicated minds. Well, it doesn't make a lot of sense that the mindset would be that way. However, there was one of the guys who used to say that, Jack William Nicholas, used to say the majors were easier to win. And that was more of a statement of how Jack felt about his level of preparation and his ability to handle the intensity of the cauldron, the stage of the arena. And I think that's where Brooks is coming from. I think he has a really good inner confidence about being able to handle these major championship events four times a year. And the proof is in the pudding. Uh, he's, uh, he's a unique guy. He's built like Godzilla. He really is. I mean, uh, to me, there's, I, I can't think of anybody that's ever quite looked as chiseled as Brooks playing the and game. And that total athlete. Yeah, total athlete. Could be, I wrote a column for Golf Digest and made my all PGA Tour NFL team, and he was my Gronkowski. He was my tight end. But he's built like Godzilla, looks like a movie star. And by the way, he's a nice kid. I don't really know him that well. But he's been perfectly uh, the gentleman when I've talked to him. And uh, I think he's got a there's, – there's, there's star power there. It's just for some reason it hasn't come out. And I think there are uh, a lot of us that can do a better job, starting with me. Of letting the world know we have a star on our hands here. I mean, we need to build up stars in the sport. We can't just say it's Tiger and everybody else is okay. Give the guy his credit, or whoever it might be. The guy is a star. He's going to be around for a long time, and it's good for the game.
That's where I'm always coming from. What's good for the game? He's good for the game. Speaking of good for the game, Tigers win at Augusta. Your thoughts, having you know now a, a, a month out, do you think we really comprehend no. what he achieved? No, it took me days to like, did that really happen? I went back out to the club on Monday morning, and I, I do this oftentimes. I go back out, take one last lap around the uh, 18th and over to the first tee, just kind of stand and look over the landscape and the panorama and think, wow, what a week this has been. But this time, I, I, I just kind of lingered, and I thought, did he really pull that off? And now here we are a month later. There's still a little bit of that awe factor of the return to glory is what I call it. But it, it was just, it was as rich a story as I've ever been fortunate enough to be around in my career. I'm not saying it's the best tournament. It was, it was really exciting. It wasn't the best golf. For me, Jack in 86 shooting 65 was a different level of excitement. When Jack walked off the course in 86, we didn't know we had won. There were still four pairings on the golf course. So uh, this one had the scene at the end that made it the part of the great story. And, of course, you can't ever escape the fact that he was as high as you can get in any sport in the world. He was the world's most recognized athlete. And his life plunged. We know all the stories and all it's the almost mythological, it right? Is. It's a it's a movie that's going to be made probably many times over, and um, it's 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 got it looks like to have a very you know nice ending. I'm not saying it's ending now, but there's a there's an end point. If he never wins again, that's a pretty that's a pretty darn good flip of the script in a man's life, and that's why the word glory was important to me. I just thought. Glory just it struck me as he was coming up 18 and I saw the family. This had more to do than a man winning a golf tournament. It's all tied together. Absolutely. This is about a man trying to get his life back together and show his kids the man that he is. That was glory in his life. And uh, good for him. In the spectrum of all-time sports stories, being someone who's covered so much, how do you rate it there? Best story. I defy many people to come back and say, oh, but... Okay, maybe 1980 uh, U.S. Olympic hockey team. But, you know, people, I'm not trying to diminish that, but we didn't know any of the guys on the Olympic hockey team. We didn't know who Jim Craig and Michael Ruzioni were until they beat Russia. And that wasn't for the gold. Still had to beat Finland uh, in, 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 the, in the final game. But I don't know how you can compare it because it's just, there's just so many different levels to this man's life and what he achieved and what he had lost and how he brought it back and the first thing that uh, you know, the first I'm going to be this is the first time I've even said this but if you ever GPSed where on the sacred side of Augusta that hug happened with his two kids I'll bet you it's within inches of where he hugged his father I mean it was like on the Goosebumps. exact spot I never said it. I never said it to anybody. My wife never mentioned it. But someday, there's a fountain behind 16T that's dedicated to Arnold Palmer. I was there to help be a part of that dedication. Right of 16 and right of 17, there's a water fountain area at Augusta dedicated to Jack Nicklaus. I hosted that back in 98. Now, I don't think you want to put too much behind the 18th green, but someday... If anybody ever asked me, there should be a plaque right there because it's on the exact same spot. This is where Tiger 
had the greatest moments of his life. This is where a father hugged a son, and then the son hugged his son. You can't write that script, can you? I just did. You got it first. Awesome. Thanks so much. That was uh, quite a, quite a, a story from Jim Nance, and and uh, if he hadn't told that to anybody before, boy, I'm glad we got it. Indeed, that's why they call us the Golf Insiders, my friend. <laughs> Good work, Holly. I wonder if anybody has actually called Brooks Kepka Gronkowski in his presence. Well, you know I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, but I do like Gronkowski, and uh, <laughs> I I can go with that comparison. That's a lot of fun. That's great. We are just getting started with the Golf Insiders, uh, and uh, of course, there's a lot to uh, uh, a lot to follow with uh, with Jim Nance already. But uh, we're going to be back. We're going to have Bob Denny with the PGA of America. He's going to help us put this PGA Championship in May in perspective. We'll be right back after this on the Golf Insiders. Quite an impact, actually. Uh... When he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggles blues. And we are back to the Golf Insiders going down the fairways of I-4, which is often ground under repair. You've heard me say that probably ever since I got back to Orlando. But uh, that's the way it is. Jeff Shane in Orlando, Holly G in the better spot on Long Island out at Bethpage for the 101st PGA Championship. And uh, uh, nice get with Jim Nance. I'm, I'm still enjoying some of the information that he gave us in that segment. Well, we, we owe that to the PGA of America doing a, just a fantastic job of bringing the whole CBS broadcast crew into a press conference earlier this morning which was just absolutely fantastic. I think there must have been 14 people on the stage, all of the, you know, the broadcasters as well as the on-course analysts and the people behind the scenes. Really gives you an appreciation for what it takes to put on, uh, you know, a, a golf broadcast as well as a major championship. And there is just a ton of buzz going on here at Beth Page Black. Jeff, with the change of the date, uh, the PGA moving from August to May, the response has been incredibly positive. The golf course looks beautiful. And the PGA of America, lots of excitement, new things on the horizon there. And my opportunity to spend some time with a very good friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a while. Uh, and he's one of the best at the PGA of America. It's my pleasure to introduce Bob Denny, the PGA historian, to talk with him for a few minutes about all the great things that are happening at the PGA of America, as well as this great championship we're about to see unfold. Hi, Bob. It's great to be with you. Hey, great to be with you, too. So, um, Give us just a little bit of, of uh, your perspective on things as this date has moved from August to May, given you're the historian. Well, I, I was thinking about how to give my best segue on that, and, it, and it, it, it's not so much the calendar. I think I look back on the man that 
was credited with the design of this golf course, A.W. Tillinghast, and he was a man that uh, spoke up at the very first luncheon on the birth of the PGA on January 17, 1916, in the Wanamaker store, and he said, uh, why can't we be different? Why do we have to follow someone else? And he believed that when, Ron, when Rodman Wanamaker wanted to make a match play championship from 1916, that they, the PGA should follow. So he just tried to make, let's go forth and do that type of uh, tradition. And as you know, it lasted till 1957. So I'm looking now at the way this championship has gone uh, out of the month of August. We, were, we had 55 championships in August in our history. Now we're back in May, where we've had four previous. The last one was 70 years ago. So I guess we are being different again, according to Mr. Tillinghast. And that, I, need to, I think it's a good way to uh, look at how we're trying to get outside the box. We're trying to be earlier in the golf calendar, in the sports calendar, bring more attention to the game of golf at this part of the spring, in the spring. And also we're not uh, worried about uh, having to go up against the NFL or the Olympics. Bob, lots of uh, lots of good changes, and and you 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 uh, mentioned that uh, you know, all the good reasons why it was moved into into this position. I think also uh, from maybe not a tour standpoint, but in terms of the, what the PGA of America does, the P, the PGA Championship being in August was well into golf season. Now you're kind of be able to use that as a platform to launch. What is for many people, not not those of us in Florida necessarily, but for the rest of the country, this is the start of golf season. It's a chance to get your game ready and and uh, and and be ready to go out and enjoy playing the game of golf. Exactly, and we, and some of the side things that go on at a PGA Championship are uh, teaching up uh, segments with some of our club professionals, uh, twenty of which are playing here this week at Beth Page Black, and we. It, give them a little more extra pub and obviously draw attention, like you said, to the game uh, for those who are just coming out of winter and have not had a chance to learn it. I think that the exciting thing about it is the game of golf is not going to be confined anymore to uh, long rounds. It's, it's going to be however you want to play it. All the listeners on, to this program, they can be their three, six, or nine holes, and you are still playing the game of golf. That, that is, it's the experience is the big thing. Bob, you've got your first female PGA of America president in Susie Whaley, someone I knew back from her LPGA days. Uh, you know, just just a, a world-class uh, person on all fronts, a PGA and an LPGA uh, certified member, I believe. Uh, so that's got to be exciting. It's been it's been a tremendous ride, and I was very blessed to have seen her at the start. And when she, in 2002, when she won the Connecticut uh, Championship, PGA Championship, and then saw her go through the process of going in getting into the PGA Professional Championship uh, as the only woman, and then seeing how that developed, and I, I could see right away that she was on a on a track to be stepping so far ahead of the of the curve, and she she's a tremendous speaker. She captures the audience. She's, she, she's got so many friends around the country uh, that I believe that right now that we may have the most um, progressive uh, executive in sports. And I, I believe it's, it's, it doesn't have to be just, just the game of golf. I say all of sports because she, she's got a great vision for the future. 
and she she will not rest until it, things have changed. I'm sure that Holly, as you've known her, that she she's uh, engaging. She she she's very passionate when she believes, and uh, I don't think the word no ever entered the vocabulary. Absolutely, um, she is. You know, she is just going to make things happen there. I know, and um, certainly will represent the members well. Um, also, alongside your new CEO Seth Waugh, who um, many probably uh, know, having been in in the golf business and very instrumental in the in the uh, part of the Tour Championship Series in Boston, uh, just a fantastic leader you have coming in with great vision, and think he's really going to propel the PGA into you know the next fifty, a hundred years. Yes, I, I, I just his, his business background is one thing is is, is, is tremendous skills, but I also believe that he has a lot of things just like Susie. He's, they're very passionate about goals, uh, making sure that we are exploring all avenues. The golf has never been uh, so wide open, I think, when it comes to engaging with different sports, uh, bringing in businesses from all sides and seeing what, how we can in, improve the life of the, the PGA professional and, and their welfare. I think we've always tried to do that, I think, in our history, is try to improve their, the welfare and elevate the profession but you have to have new and exciting ideas. You have to bring in all segments of the business world to make that vision work. And I think that's where Seth has done uh, tremendously well in, in the early uh, part of his tenure as CEO. What was the yeah. kind of the biggest uh, challenges uh, of all the positives that, that, that go on with Moving the PGA Championship out of August into May, first time in May in 70 years. I think maybe you had already mentioned mm-hmm. that. But what what were the kind of the biggest challenges to get ready for? Essentially, this is a whole brand new era, not only with the tournament, but you mentioned with Susie Whaley and Seth Waugh. Uh, it's like it's almost like closing the chapter after 100 years and opening or 102 years, whatever it is, and then opening a new chapter this year. Well, I think that. It, like you said, it, it's a new chapter, and it, it, it affects everything. For instance, our P, PGA Professional Championship had to move to the end of April. And, uh, the beautiful Bluffton, much. South Carolina. That's right. That, that was a tremendous sight. But we will have to adjust, and all the professionals who want to play in that championship will have to adjust. And, you know, as you know, the northern, the northern uh, golfers will have a harder time to try to prepare for it. So there, there's, a, there's pluses and minuses in any time when you make a change like that. The best part is we are going to get new audiences around the country that have never seen the PGA Professional Championship. Uh, they'll have an opportunity to go forward and, and, and get into a, a, a new opportunity for qualifying. We have averaged over 85 new players into the field this year. And I, I just, as I was looking at that, and I think I never seen these players before. And what it boils down to, we've also got PGA um, professional golf management graduates coming in, and they're doing very well. Our champion this year, Alex Beach, is a, was a graduate of University of Nebraska Lincoln and the PGA golf management program. So, and we we've been successful in that regard. And those that talent level is coming up. So there's more than just learning to the trade of being a PGA club professional, these guys can really play. Yeah, absolutely, Bob. And, you know, as um, Seth Waugh said in the press conference, he said, you know, you do 
this one week a year, the PGA Championship, but it's what the PGA of America does 52 weeks a year. And um, certainly it's mm-hmm. great to have this in, in the May slot coming after the Masters, uh, you know, just giving the PGA of America a, a new spotlight and, and being in that second position now in what mm-hmm. we're, you know, calling the major, the new major championship season. So we really appreciate you spending some time with us. Sure. And, um, we, love uh, it. Yeah. No, I know you're a busy guy. So, uh, Bob, <laughs> Denny, the PGA historian, he's got a pretty <laughs> big job there. And uh, appreciate you spending a few minutes with the Golf Insiders. Thanks, Bob. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And best wishes to everyone. Bob Denny of the PGA of America, and he is a fountain of knowledge. And uh, to get him for 10 minutes or so on, on the show, uh, always. He always comes with with he comes with the basics, and then he comes with even better stuff too. So, we are glad Absolutely, to have Bob. Jeff. Yep, and we've got a lot more golf talk coming up here. A lot of players to look at in terms of who we're going to watch on the eve of the 101st PGA Championship. This is the Golf Insiders. We'll be right back. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you, Jake. That's just the way it is. Don't play at Pebble, won't pay the price. I love my Muni, I think it's nice. Swing in the house drives my wife up the wall. She shouldn't worry, I don't use a ball. It'd be good to just make a And we are back. Second half of the Golf Insiders. It's already been a jam-packed first two-thirds of the hour. Jeff Shane in Orlando. Holly G is at Beth Page Black in the PGA Championship. And... It's been a it's been a busy day for for Holly, and uh, not only did she have a chance to talk to Jim Nance, but she also sat down with Dottie Pepper uh, of CBS. Talk a little bit about conditions at Beth Page Black, and and let's hear what uh, the two of them had to say. Dottie, so the players have been asked this week, what will it take, driving accuracy or driving distance? And we contend to get super myopic and focused on these stats. Clearly, this is a beast of a golf course, uh, weather conditions, thick, lush, rough. Since you've been out walking the course, what's your assessment? What do you think it's going to take? I think it's going to take the disciplined player that's, that's going to, to get the job done. And it, I don't think it's necessarily, as long as it is, PGA never plays, it, plays a golf course to its full length. Very, very rarely. And this golf course is set up with some flex in it. There are multiple tee options on a, on a few holes. I, I think it's going to be a very disciplined player that can say, I don't need necessarily hit, need to hit driver here, and I'm a very good mid to long iron player, and be able to lay back and play the conservative smart golf. I, I think that will be the player that, that ends up at the end of this, this week playing well. These greens here are not impossible. It's not like you need to be so specific about where you put the ball, like at Augusta that you have an uphill putt. They're not super slopey. They're fast, sure. They're championship fast. 
but they're not incredibly slopey. They're very fair in, in, in that aspect. So I think it's going to be the player that, that is not playing off, not playing defense all week, that has put the ball in play, avoids these bunkers. The bunkers are, they are substantial. They're the real deal. And there are a lot of them. And there are a lot of them. And they're going to hide hole locations. They can because the greens are not so slippy. But I think it's going to be that player that is willing to dial it back, get the ball in play, put the ball in a decent place somewhere on the green or around it that will, will be a stress-less uh, sort of champion. Do you think Tiger's sort of sitting back playing possum right now given the conditions? Yeah, and I think that's okay. I think that's okay. We don't know what we're going to have tomorrow. We don't know if they're going to get out and be able to cut the rough. We have no idea until later today what they're going to be able to do. But you can make the case that he played possum at Augusta. Agree. He waited for other people to make the mistakes, and that's okay. Um, in terms of other weather conditions, likely that the wind could pick up. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of elevated greens out here. How do you think that may come into play? It's um, something the players have faced here when they've played here in the past to players who have played well here in the past to do well, to rely on that. We don't play, we don't play in a dome. So it, it's it's part of what you deal with to win a major championship. And you're going to you're gonna see a change in the weather. Uh, there's going to be a northwest wind blowing on, on Thursday and into Friday, which will make especially holes going in the direction that tend to, going out, uh, really play difficult. I don't think you're going to see what they had in 2002 at the Open here. But, uh, but you're going to have a, a golf course that changes dramatically from Thursday through Friday, and then we'll have a warm southwest wind more to its, uh, I guess, more, more toward its design for the weekend. What do you think about the change of the date? I think it's fantastic. I, I think it gives every month its own identity, and it gives a build, a build up. Um, you, when you can you can talk about that it ends before football, but I think more more than anything, it, it gives a rising heartbeat to the season rather than sort of a stagnation and, okay, now we're at the end of the season, what do we do? I think it's been, been terrific. That was Dottie Pepper with, uh, with our own Holly G at a, uh, at a uh, press availability at, at Beth Page Black. And Holly, uh, I think Dottie nailed it. it you've got to uh, have the great balance and patience this week. Absolutely. Well, our next guest knows a lot about Beth Page Black. He is uh, really the mayor of golf here on Long Island, a dear friend who we've had on the show before. And we have to especially this week because you just got to love that Long Island accent. One of my favorite people <laughs> in golf, John Glozik, publisher of Golfing Magazine right here in beautiful Long Island. John, it's been great spending time with you this week. It has been, Holly. It's always great to have you here in my backyard, and I didn't realize I have an accent. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, it um, certainly has been fun to be back in New York as a New Yorker, but tell me about Beth Page. You have seen all the championships here. Um, we could get a little bit of weather tomorrow, possibly Friday, but it's looking pretty good through the rest of the tournament here. Um, all kinds of players on the radar here from, of course, the long hitters, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, uh, Gary Woodland, and then, you know, just a bundle of other ones in the mix, of course, Tiger and Rory and Paul Casey. My gosh, there's so many that we could talk about. Who's on your radar? Well, 
all of those that you just mentioned are certainly on my radar. I mean, you pick any of those guys that are hitting it long and can bomb it out there, absolutely have an opportunity here. I don't think the weather is going to be as much as a factor as if it was if it was played last weekend. We've had so much rain here, but it turns out the golf course is in incredible shape. It really is inside the ropes. The golf course is playing really fair, really well, still has the deep rough. The greens are in perfect shape, running at a good speed. So, yeah, whether we get a little bit of rain, some drizzle overnight maybe, I don't think it's going to be too much of a factor. The wind certainly could be. The cooler temperatures certainly could be. But it looks like we're going to head right near 70 towards the weekend with only a 30% chance of rain. And let's keep in mind, on Long Island, 30% rain here could mean it could be raining out at Shinnecock, out at the east end of Long Island, not necessarily near the city or Nassau County. So it may rain somewhere on Long Island, but not necessarily you know, at Bethpage. Um, the weather, it's going to be a factor. You know, we're coming into the season. Everybody's talked about it on the show today. Uh, you know, we hope the golf season up in the Northeast starts April 1st hasn't quite started yet. I've only played one round here on Long Island this entire year, um, mostly because of the cold weather, mostly because of the rain, but kind of perfect timing for the PGA Championship. Here we are at Best Page. Uh, weather's not looking too bad, uh, and the greatest players in the world are here. So somebody that hits it long and straight has a great opportunity here. Uh, the putting green surface, you know, like everybody said, they're not tricked up. There's nothing. They're relatively flat. There is some slope to some of them. But if, if you're putting well, boy, this is going to be a, a great opportunity and a great week to see some of the greatest players in the world uh, go at it. And here's a really fun thing, John, As I was out walking the golf course today. This is a state park. This is a public <laughs> golf course. There are actually five here at uh, Beth Page State Park. But it was so fun to – I love going out and listen to the fans. And just so many of them I would hear, one after another, reminiscing about a round that they played at Beth Page. Or, you know, the last time they had played Beth Page Black, and they were talking about, you know, the great shots they had on different holes. And, you know, this is truly a special experience when fans have had a chance to play a golf course that the best players in the world are about to tee off on tomorrow. Right, certainly, we don't see that that often. Uh, you know, certainly, around the tour, or around the country, and around the world, we don't get to play the golf courses that the tour plays, and most of them, whether they're private or so exclusive at a resort or really expensive. But this is a, a state park. Uh, it's been around for decades, and so many people. It gets about three hundred thousand rounds a year on all five golf courses. So there's, you know, and, and since 2002 at the Open, now it's become you know certainly worldwide recognition. People are playing it from all around the world. But if you lived on Long Island and played golf, you were playing the Black Horse. You know, since you were old enough to get out there. Um, so so many you know tens of thousands of people that are at this event this week have played it, and they realize, oh, I wasn't able to cut that tree, or did you see that shot? How far Phil Mickelson hit that drive, and you know, following Tiger around in, in 2002. And it's just amazing to see and people talking about it. And I do that, too. I mean, I've played the golf course many, many times. I could still talk about the rounds I've played, where I hit the ball. Uh, sometimes I don't reach the fairway. Sometimes I can't clear the bunker on seven anymore. I'm getting a little older. And, and that's actually a par five, which they'll play as a par four. 
So it, 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 the shots are so memorable here, and the golf course has such a great layout that you can remember every single hole. And having golfers on Long Island out there watching the greatest players say, hey, I played this golf course. It's really incredible. It's a great opportunity, and it's, not, it, it's under 100 bucks. So th- this is not a $450, $500 round of golf. Uh, get a tee time, uh, you know, whether you live in New York State or not, it, it's not that expensive, and come here to play. And if you can't play the black course, you've got four other great choices. As we say in New York, such a deal, John, closing it <laughs> under 100 bucks. Well, as always, my friend, I appreciate your hospitality. You're the uh, host with the most, and it's been great to spend uh, this week with you. John Glozik from Golfing Magazine. You can check out his publication at golfingmag.com. Jeff, take it away. We've got uh, one more segment to go. (laughs) Thanks, John, for joining us and and giving us those great stories. Uh, We're going to take a quick break here on the Golf Insiders, and we're going to come back. Holly and I are going to give our picks, throw some darts at this PGA Championship board. We'll be back right after this. I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so mean. I got good eyesight, I'll be all right. And we are back. On the Golf Insiders, I told you it'd be a quick break. We've got uh, about 10 minutes left. Uh, Picks time, player profiles. Jeff Shane in Orlando. Holly G out at Beth Page Black has been uh, walking the course, watching players. Who are you impressed with this week? Well, I'll tell you what, um, Jeff, I think, you know, it's easy to go to the long hitters, um, you know, there's been a lot of conversation, you know, is it going to take accuracy, driving accuracy, or driving distance? But um, I had a conversation also with Frank Nabilo from the Golf Channel, and, you know, he pointed out there are a lot of factors that could come into play here, and that even a guy like a Zach Johnson, you know, even though he doesn't have the length, but, you know, if he can hit it down the fair, middle of the fairway, and, you know, that would play well for Francesco Molinari, too, as we know. He's just laser. Um, you know, you could have somebody who, uh, you know, that may not be on anybody's radar uh, come through, although it looks like this course is going to play pretty long. Uh, what do you think? I think that uh, maybe the underrated stat, if you're going to go to PGA Tour stats and be overwhelmed, which I often am, but the stat that doesn't usually get a lot of play at a regular PGA Tour event that's going to be big this week is going to be that total driving stat. Uh, not only hitting it long, but hitting it in the fairway. And uh, you've got some guys like, uh, well, McElroy has has uh, hit it pretty well in the fairway. Justin Rose uh, has been uh, a very accurate driver of the ball. Uh, some some of those guys uh, come to mind immediately. A, a Scott Piercy, a Matt Kuchar. Um, you've got with the rough, uh, maybe not being able to be mown overnight. Uh, you're going to have to play it out of the short grass. So it, for those of you that are kind of in that, uh, into those kind of stats, that's the one to look at this week. Well, here's an interesting stat. It's been 100 years since Jim Barnes, Englishman, won the PGA Championship. 
And as was asked Justin Rose in the presser earlier today, it's time for that to end. <laughs> and uh, I think he would like to see that happen and for him to be raising the Wanamaker trophy on Sunday. Well, and, and certainly he, he has played very well, came back very uh, strongly from missing the cut at Augusta National. And I think you just have to say some guys have bad weeks and you slam the trunk and you drive out of the parking lot and you put your sights on what's next because Justin Rose went into Quail Hollow a couple of weeks ago and said, I'm not really sure where my game is. His game was good enough for third place at Quail Hollow a couple of weeks ago. And, and just... Just to throw it out, I've, I've got the odds up on the uh, on my screen here. It's kind of a four-person favorite. Uh, Brooks Kepka, who has not finished outside the top 13, but once in the last two and a half years in major championships that he's been able to play. He and Dustin Johnson are co-favorites. They're both 10 to 1. Rory and Tiger Woods are both 11 to 1. I think the weather's going to have something to do with this, too. There are some guys that don't like playing in cold weather. I worry about Tiger Woods uh, and how his back is going to hold up in cold weather. He did not practice today. He took rest. That's probably a good idea. But as the week goes on, maybe the temperatures warm up and it's not as big a deal. But that does kind of concern me in the early part of the week. Well, as um, Dottie was saying, if patience and discipline are going to be the keys, that would put Tiger Woods right at the top there, I think, in terms of um, who may be in the final group on Sunday. At, uh, uh, no, no question there. Uh, it, I cannot look past Brooks Kepka the way he has just and and we, you know going back to the segment with Jim Nance at the top of the show, he's kind of got that uh, got the whole mathematics of it figured out, and uh, we didn't really have a chance to touch on him at the top, but he's basically saying, well, I, I know I can beat 80 of these guys, and then half of the rest are going to have off weeks, and so I only have to really concern, concern myself with about 35 guys, and that's why winning majors is easier than winning a regular PGA Tour event. That's gunslinger yeah. talk. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you don't think, of, you know, that guy's got the mind of a champion. Uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts with, with DJ? Certainly has the power. What do you think? Uh, you know, I think we've expected more out of Dustin Johnson at the majors. We absolutely have. It's it's weird that Brooks has three majors and D- Dustin has one. And then the other thing is Dustin has really struggled on a couple of Sundays this year. He's given back some leads, uh, including at the RBC Heritage uh, uh, just a few weeks ago. And uh, also he was in contention at the Valspar and did not bring it home. And that, that makes it a little bit of a worry for me, whether Dustin's going to be able to uh, to do that. And, and his driving accuracy, honestly, I don't think is as good as Brooks Kepka or Tiger Woods right now. Well, here's a guy, speaking of Englishmen, that we should keep our eye on. And I was out watching him a little bit in the afternoon. Uh, and these conditions won't bother him a bit. And that's, you know, one of my favorites. Tommy, pour me a black and tan Fleetwood. Absolutely. And the, the, the one red flag with Tommy this week is that last week was the British Masters and it was uh, hosted by Tommy Fleetwood out near his hometown in Southport, England. Uh, it was out at uh, Betfred, uh, I think was the name of the course out at uh, for the British Masters. And so he had a lot of work going on last week, uh, not only playing, but hosting that tournament, then flying all the way across the pond and getting ready uh, for uh, for this week, and so that's the one thing that worries me a little bit about Tommy. 
Give me a long shot, a sleeper, as we uh, have about two minutes left. Oh, boy, a sleeper. Well, I don't think he's a sleeper, but he's, again, another guy that's, uh, I think, really rising up the charts here. And he's number two on the FedEx Cup standings. That's Xander Shoffley. Yeah, somebody, the PGA is really the only tournament, the only major, where he has not finished in the top five. This would be a great place for me. I'm going to go all the way down to 150 to 1. Scott Piercy as my long shot this week. He was oh, run. I like that pick. He was runner up at Trinity Forest and didn't make a bogey all week last week. He was third in his previous start, 13th in his start before that. So he is playing extremely well. And if you're looking for a Keegan Bradley type of guy, that's my guy this week. Well, I don't know. He had a little trouble with his putting on Sunday, but. Um, <laughs> If it's time now to look at who's going to be winning the big trophy, you know who I've had my eyes on for a while here since back at Shinnecock, uh, and that was before he won the U.S. Open. It's Brooks Kepka. I'm, I'm putting all my money on him. Yeah, and, 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 and I am with you. And, uh, again, the track record is there, and uh, they, are, they are in really good shape. We've got to run. Enjoy your week. Uh, out at Beth Page, and uh, we will talk when you get back to town next week. Thank you so much, Holly. This is the Golf Insiders. We got a tea time.